Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker. And in this week's show, the boys finally find some peace and quiet. They find some nice gravity, a little bit of metal plating, and a robot that wants to kill them dead. What else is new? Also, we find out that strength damage is really, really, really bad. So a few notes real quick before we get into the show. We find out at the beginning of the episode that Mo was getting hit with two points of strength damage every single time when those void zombies licked him. And I thought at first it stacked because they couldn't actually do that, could they? They couldn't actually have you get minus two to your strength every single time you're hit. And then I checked with Thirsty from Paizo, and the answer is yes, you do get a minus two every single time. And this is like a level one creature and against a soldier whose main stat is strength, which means he lost all of his resolve points as well. Which means, wow, that is really, really, really bad for Mo. So we talk about that and find out that, yeah, he's kind of in trouble and almost dead, and he has to take care of that. Something else I also wanted to say is that I actually mentioned this last week during the show. I forgot to mention this before the show, that we are using a beta version of D20 Pro. We actually have a version that was specifically made for us that has all the Starfinder rules in it. So sometimes if you hear us saying things aren't quite working, that's only because we're using pre-release versions and I actually also help them bug test. And some people always ask me what we use. Again, I talk a lot about that in one of my earliest shows. I use D20 Pro. It's my favorite virtual tabletop. It's very complex, but it's also very powerful. There's definitely easier ones out there, but I myself, I'm a programmer by nature, so I don't mind the very complex versions. And if you like really powerful virtual tabletops and you're familiar with programming, I would strongly recommend you give D20 Pro a try. Also, one funny thing is people have mentioned that these guys really are hurting without magic. And the answer is, yeah, they are. To be fair, we've played a ton of Pathfinder where they just don't have a healer. We've done that for a long time, and you know what? Someone doesn't want to be the dedicated healer. Plus, we heard, hey, in Starfinder, you don't really need a dedicated healer. Well, that's not quite true. You kind of do at least need healing. And in the past, what we've done is we've actually just carried around a wand of healing, and you just carry around like two or three wands with 150 charges of Cure Light Wounds, and voila, you're fine. Well, in Starfinder, there's no such thing as wands. There's just potions, and they don't have enough of them. And plus, Mo keeps rolling a one every single time he tries to heal. So I have a feeling when they level up and get back to the station, they're going to be buying like 50 of these things and just carrying around an arsenal of healing. 
hopefully when the Starfinder Armory comes out in July, which is going to have way more items, I'm probably going to guess that there's going to be something in there like a wand of healing or something similar. So that should really help out a low magic party such as these guys. But I guess we have to find out till the summer. Also, I'm going to be talking about playstyles at the end of the show and what it means to have different playstyles, both as a GM and a PC, and how that works out for everyone. Anyhow, with that, let's get into the show and see how these guys do with gravity. Okay, are you ready for the horribleness? Yeah. I wanted the happy fun time, but I'll accept the horribleness. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Oh, let's go with the bad news. It's all bad news. Hey, who are we? I bet, there, I bet there's no good news. Yeah, who are we kidding? There's all bad news. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. I want the bad news. No, no, there's good news. The good news is... I'm going backwards. And it's only funny because it only fixed John. So, last week, Mr. John Stats, Mr. Mo, took... Eight points of strength damage. I triple checked with uh, Thirsty, and it does not indeed stack. So you did take eight points of strength damage. Which also means a fun little interesting tidbit that they added is that if you take ability damage on your main stat, you lose one resolve point per ability damage. So you lost four resolve points, which means you currently have zero resolve points and a 10 strength dun, dun, dun. i don't think that sounds like a fun fact at all jason mcdonald is playing the ahsoki mechanic tuttle blacktail and his drone cheddar oh no yeah okay so that was the good news what's the bad news <laughs> that's that's the bad news and the good oh, news really oh well oh, the oh. good news is john and mo have to stay in the back and the bad news is everyone else has to go in the front pretty much bye bye cheddar because if he um yep if he takes goes down to zero hit points with zero resolve points you die yeah steve has to buy more artwork is what happens so I didn't even know that thing about the resolve points, and I was just double-checking. Actually, Thurston had a very long discussion about this whole thing, and he was saying that melee in Starfinder is brutal. It does make up, though, that melee weapons do about twice amount of damage, so you really want to try to build your character towards multi-attacks and other things if you can, because and as much defense as possible, because you will get hit, but you do twice the amount of damage as everyone else, supposedly. So, I don't know. He and I had a long conversation about this. And he's like, it's just built that way. Anyhow, that's all I wanted to tell you. And, oh, one other fun thing is, yeah, there's no air. You guys found this corridor. It's dimly lit. But you guys do have flashlights. But the flashlights only go so far. Which means that anything past 20% does have a 20% mischance. Anything past 20 feet has a 20% mischance. And just keep that in mind. Is you... that is that accumulative? Like 40 feet is 40%? No, no just 20%. Uh, did we also find an object, uh, like a, a card or something like that? No. I thought we found either... A security card or something on one of the bodies. That was a long time ago. 
I mean, last... Let me see what you found last time. Yeah, last time you found... Right, you found 470 cred sticks. It was on the captain that you killed. Remember, you killed the dead captain. You found an yeah. azimuth laser rifle that's empty that went to Tuttle, I believe. And then a needler pistol, which is also empty, that went to Rusty, I believe. That's all I have that you found last week. Okay. Th- all right, I must be just totally spacing out then. Never mind. So, any other questions before we begin? What is the meaning of death? I don't know, but Hiroji's going to find out. You're going to find out. Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. So, yeah. Hiroji is our tank now, which is great. He's brave and likes to be in the front. There's no tank. There's no such thing as a tank. In- well, He's our point man who's going to bravely charge the enemy. It's wonderful. I am going to charge the enemy. Watch. You're going to be surprised. I don't know. I, I'm not surprised. I'm waiting for it. Roji's a little, he's a little crazy, like a fox. I've noticed that. He is. All right, so last we left off, you guys were going down these corridors. In stark contrast to the caverns elsewhere inside the drift rock, the chamber looks more like a room on a space station or starship. Rather than unfinished rock of the asteroid, the walls and floor and ceiling are clad in finished sheets of some polished metallic substance, along with components of unrecognizable equipment. Panels on some of the walls flash with lights and mysterious symbols, and an almost infrasonic hum of unseen machinery pulsates throughout the walls. If I remember last time, Tuttle took a look and tried to do some checks with his engineering, and he was able to realize that this metal is unlike anything he's ever seen before, and it appears to be something of an unknown origin. He tried to decipher the symbols on the panels, but... It looks like it was error messages and warnings of some sort, but it's in an unknown language and will require more time and effort to decipher. You then walked down this corridor when you saw come to life some sort of robot that has four legs and two arms and is glowing red, and it seems to be damaged and has a little bit of sparks and stuff coming out. But as soon as you guys go down the corridor where there is gravity by the way in dim light you hear in common intruder alert intruder alert kill the humanoids kill the humanoids roll for combat robot battle robot wars it is berserk all right human fight like a robot clara two four seven she goes first. She's way in the back and just says, Mmm, that doesn't sound good. We need you up here. Yeah, we, we, we need you up here now. She delays. Mo, oh, you're up. She de- Oh, she's delaying. Okay. Mo, we need you up here. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I'm up here, believe me. Um, I'm going to shoot with my... Um, God, there's no way I can do... God, I'm so used to doing uh, checks on things for... for well, I might as well check to see if this thing's. Um, it is a robot. You would need engineering to even understand yeah, what you're I know. At. There's the yeah. I'm not checking for. I have no skills. Uh, all right, so Mo is just gonna do it the old-fashioned way. Bring out the. Uh, oh, let's go. Let's use a light reaction cannon. That sounds good. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. Attack submitted. <laughs> 
you hit with a 19, and out of a 1d10, you do one point of damage. Are you serious? Oh my yes. god. I'm serious. Do they have shields? Wait, wait, wait. 19 isn't uh, a crit? No, a 20 is a crit. Oh, and you rolled a 15. You got a 19, though, total. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Never mind. I'm looking at the wrong number. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I think I am. Oh, actually, I could get out of the way is what I could do. We have one, two, three, four people attacking before this, this robot. Yeah, well, hmm. Actually, we really don't because we haven't moved into the hallway. <clears throat> At the moment, very limited numbers of us can attack it. That's because... Oh, actually, no. You guys can just run past me. Okay, that's good. Okay, I'm done. I think she rusties up. Uh, Cheddar goes when Tuttle goes. Okay. Um, well, I do intend to shoot at it. So, there it is. Rusty, we need you up here. I move to there. I shoot it with my laser. Wow, you're brave. I am expecting somebody to go past me and block its attack. But we'll see what happens. Clara will definitely do that. I was going to do something like that, but I don't know. Well, I we used to have two goblins for that. Now we're down to one. You rolled a seven. All right, that was exciting. I moved and made one attack. I'm done. Hmm. Araji! Hey, I rolled a four. What do you expect? What's the minus for throwing a grenade without being trained? This is your time. If there's a low chance of you blowing all of us up. I, I, think, it's minus, I think it's minus four. It's all in your stats, whatever it is. It's, it's all in there. It's terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this, because why not? I think I moved to here. Let's see, 5, 10. You know what? I'm going to get a little closer. Yeah, so the robot's, I think, 35 feet away from you in the north, and now Hiroji's now inching only, his way up. Oh, he's getting close! He's getting yeah, close to the robot! <laughs> now it's only 20 feet away, right? Hiroji has now gotten... Yeah. All right, so, so like, I, 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 I make my move up there, and as I'm running, I pull out my sticky bomb grenade, pull the pin, and throw it. Oh, God. I mean... Cool. Sticky bomb grenade. It, it's on my sheet. I don't know where I got it or what it does, but I'm doing it. Hiroji has now gained five faction points with the Rusty Carter Collective. <laughs> um, <laughs> sticky bomb grenade. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. Hold, please. Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to actually throw it the wrong way. Well, it's a, it's a, it's an easy attack, right? Isn't it attacking the floor? Isn't that how that works? Yes. You have to roll a nine or higher to hit. And if you do... It explodes and entangles everything within for two to four rounds, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. If, and if it misses, <laughs> it's going to hit all of you guys and you're all going to be entangled. Can I throw it like behind it, like one square? Or does that matter? Uh, Whatever you want. You you put down, yeah. you show me where you're throwing No, I'm going to throw it, it on, on it, I guess. Well, you have to throw it on a um, diagonal. So you can throw it to the diagonal behind it if you want. And it explodes in 10 feet. So put down where you want it to go. It's a range of 20, though, so if you go past 20... I'll do it there. Where's there? So, like... Just the square to the... Actually, the square of it, on it. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't see anything. I put it like that? Yeah, like that. Yep. Yep. All right, perfect. So, you need to hit with a... The ground is a 5 to hit the ground. So, let's see what you roll. I'm just wondering how big as the margin of error can that grenade actually be placed behind you 
Oh, that's yeah, a good of course. sound. We've seen, we've seen that's one, great. That works. We've seen one that's drop on our That's a good sound, yeah. That was a good sound. I didn't see the roll. You but rolled a 10, which is minus, minus three. three. <laughs> seven. Seven, which is above a five. Above a five. Mm-hmm. So you barely, barely make it. I got momentarily confused because it has a DC of 10 in the program. And I forgot it's DC five. It just says ten. I don't. It always confuses me. All so right. it does two D four damage. I think right. It's it does two D four explosion entangle damage. Okay, I can't have been the only one who was actually projecting that we would all get stuck up in the glue while the two NPCs, Clara and the Goblin, were perfectly safe behind. The day is yet young. Yeah. Oh, that's decent. Seven damage. Very good. So, a creature hit by entangle weapon becomes entangled until it escapes with an acrobatics check or a strength check. And it's the w- item's weapon level plus the, your attacker's dexterity modifier. So, it would be DC of 19, I presume. No, uh, what's your... Yeah, because you have a plus three. The entangled creature can attempt such a check as a move action. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, he is entangled. And let's see what that does. And does the damage seem to do full damage? There's no damage. It just entangles it. Oh, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it does also damage. Ex- nope. Explodes doing entanglement. Well, where did you get 2d4, Chris? Well, it says explode, and then uh, parentheses, it says uh, entangled 2d4 rounds 10 feet. Oh, so that's seven rounds. Oh, yeah. I guess that's right. Yeah. Okay, so all it is is he Good. moves at half speed. He cannot run or charge, and it's a minus two penalty. To his AC attack rolls, reflex saving, initiative checks, and dexterity. So that's pretty good. That's all great. Yeah, let me make And what are the chances that a security robot's going to have a high strength? It's damaged. Yeah. John John doesn't believe you, Chris. I'm saying that was the good move. Yeah, I tried. It's something new. Oh, no. I'm sure that was a good move. I'm sure that he'll have to roll a two to get out of it, though. Um, it depends. Actually, sometimes creatures with low intelligence don't think to do it. Is the whole point? They're they're they they're written to actually. Ooh, be that's true. He is an automaton. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. Well, and actually, even intelligent players have been known to sometimes think, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna try and see if I can attack even with the minus two. And it's it's a mistake, but it's made. So, yes, the sticky bomb grenade goes off, it explodes, it goos him up, and he is now entangled, which gives him a minus two to his AC, attack rows, reflex savings, initiative, dex-based skills, ability checks, and can, and he moves at half speed. Torsa is up. So that bomb, that's not an area of effect, that's a creature effect, correct? No, that's area of effect. It would have affected everyone in that area. I, I understand that, but okay. So that thing is gone. I'm, what I'm saying is that if I ran into that square, I wouldn't get that effect. Correct. Will, that is correct. Okay. It's not, yeah, it's not like webs, like so webs. Torsa runs up and is like, "I will save you." Ooh, look at that! New parts for my weapon. Hmm. New parts for Cheddar. He shoots his junk laser. <laughs> He oh, rolls a 19, does God. three points of damage. He's like, aha, a direct hit, just like Mo. Oh. Does it actually do damage? 
Yeah. It does three damage, three fire points damage. damage. Does so it takes kinetic and fire damage. 100% more damage than Mo did. Clara now yeah, what, 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 assesses the situation. Are you using a junkie laser yeah. also, Mo? Yeah. What are you using? I'm, yeah. Do you have a Red Rider BB gun or what? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty, I, I better check to see this if this was made in the... Some dodgy port town. Is that made in North Korea? Uh, Jason, Chris, I'm not the only one thinking we might want to replace Mo with the goblin, right? Uh, are you saying that out loud? Because that's going to hurt Mo's feelings. Uh, telepathically to Hiroji. <laughs> oh, pass it God. on, pass it on to uh, Dr. Tuttle. Yeah. Pass it around. Using his inside voice. Yes. Yeah. Liter- literally and figuratively. Clara runs up, whips out her laser pistol, and shoots from the hip through Hiroji. By the way, the goblin also shot through Hiroji and managed to hit, and Clara yeah. also yeah. hits. Rolls a 10 for an 18, hits for four points of damage. She didn't use her trick attack. Yeah, she had to move. And Tuttle's up, and she you just... You can move and trick about. She didn't... She, she, she's letting right. you guys take care of it. We've got this fun little game of leapfrog going here. I don't know if trick attack necessarily works on a robot, though. I wondered about that. Are they that. doing the 20% chance of missing and stuff? Because of the dim light? Low light vision. Yeah, she's android. She had dark vision. I'm going she has to... dark vision. I'm going oh, to... Oh, the, no, it's only people too? who can't see. Yeah, goblins. Oh, okay. she, damn. she has both. Yeah, that's going to be one of the first things I'm going to get is like a, a, an eye job. Like, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Anyhow, Tuttle wounds up, yes. Go, Dr. Turtle. I'm going to collect up the shattered pieces of Moe's self-esteem and create a barricade, <laughs> and create a barricade in front of me. <laughs> oh, my God. We haven't seen that since flip, my the first flimsy. episode. Yeah, my little flimsy one-point barricade or whatever. Nice. Oh, my God. And I, I am that... behind you. I am all in favor of this plan. I thought he was speaking in metaphors. <laughs> it's an actual barricade you're making. Yeah, you move, and then another move action. You make a barricade that will basically appear in front of you. Of course, that means I can only move Tuttle or only move Cheddar this round. Okay, you make the barricade. That's fine. Now Cheddar's up, and I'll just get him in line with everyone else. We're bowling pins again. Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. The damaged security robot looks over and scans the area, and then you start hearing a humming sound, a energy almost ramping up like a... And then a gigantic arc of lightning comes flying out of one of its arms, and it hits. What? What? No, no, go ahead. Sure. It hits. Eight people at random. Let's see. Eight people at random? I I, say four people at random. Four (laughs) people at random. (laughs) Actually, I have an issue about the random. This is an artificial intelligence, right? And a security bot? Wouldn't it correctly identify... No, first it actually will hit Hiroji, and then it will jump randomly after that. So Hiroji gets hit automatically. Yeah, no, that's automatic. My point is that its internal logic should have identified the most severe threats based on the damage done to it. So, Clara number one, Goblin number two. It actually does not do that. First, it's damaged. Second, it doesn't control where the lightning goes. All right. It has no control over it. It just shoots at it. It did. It shot it at Hiroji, and then the, the ricochets are random. One, 
two, three. So it's going to hit Hiroji. It's going to hit Cheddar. It's going to hit Rusty. And I get one more. And it will hit the box. So those are the three. Rusty, Cheddar, and Hiroji give me reflex saves. All right. So this is another cool thing. I think I have this now. Do I have this? Do I have evasion? I you might do. have it's Excellent. So if I so I save for no damage, I save. Sixteen reflex save. Yep. Excellent reflex save. You nice, see rusty. the electricity jumping towards you. You jump out of the way. Hiroji just sidesteps it completely. So the only ones who got destroyed is the barricade. No. And <laughs> and Cheddar takes full damage, and it does four points of damage to Cheddar. That barricade was a good uh, idea. I like that barricade. And only two points of damage to um, Rusty. So not too bad. Not too. Hiroshi just completely decides it. Does does it destroy the barricade? Yeah, you totally destroyed. Okay, that's good barricade. Yeah, the barricade does like one point of damage. It even gets destroyed if you hit near it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, basically, it it it's just for cover. It's really good for cover, and it it's just soft cover. It's just you throw it up. Yeah. It acts as cover. It's good, but then as soon as it's a beach ball, it, <laughs> yeah. Actually, it just it gets collapsed because actually, even if it didn't get hit, uh, it actually really did its job because Cheddar getting hit would have collapsed it too. So it totally absorbed a hit from the party, and it, it was perfect. Good job. Good job, Barricade. MVP of the fight. Uh, inanimate uh, Carbon Rod. That was we'll, the... Uh, we will rebuild it. <laughs> It'll be... Barricade 3.0 will be better than ever. Uh, now, let's see. How, what, is a, what do you need to get out of Entangle? So it's a DC... Strength. Strength check. Strength check. Or a DC... Or acrobatics. 14 acrobatics check, which I don't think it has. Or, or, that, or oh, athletics. It's a move. Okay, it's a move action. So it still has its move action, so it's going to like try to get out of it. And it so it's actually lose. making a decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's this means it has an intelligence stupid. score. I can nah. bluff it. Thank you. Oh, it's definitely making a decision. It, it spoke to you. In fact, it actually, after it shoots you, it says to you, hmm... Assessing a situation, multiple targets. It rolls its acrobatics of a 20. It rolled a 5, but it has a plus 15. So it easily breaks free. Oh, God, did I call it or what? What did you need to roll? What did you need to roll, actually? He, he couldn't miss. He couldn't not, he couldn't not make no, it. No, no, no. Actually, no, that's not true. I could have missed a 4A. Um, uh, oh, it's the weapons item level. No, it's I the, need, acrobatics oh, it is only a 10. Yeah, it's a it 10 plus 4, so it was a 14, yeah. Oh, but oh. it is at a minus 2, So, and it's dexterity, but it still would have uh, it still easily made it. So, Mo, it could del- Mo, delay till after me. I think I will do that. Right. I'm delaying. I say, silly robot, the other party behind you will get you, and I bluff it. I am making a combat feint. All right, hold on a sec. Mo might have to roll for a check, too, because he might believe you. There we go. Bluff of 27. You finally do it. You've, it is, you've tried this yes, I for know. weeks, months, oh, oh, the years, last mon- it feels like. The last monster I worked it out, I needed to roll an 8. I failed three times. Okay. So oh uh, this time I rolled an 18, <laughs> and now I've gotten it with a 27 modified. So it is flat-footed. It is flat-footed till the end of my turn for everyone in the party. That is good. Nice. <laughs> nice. But that's and I have a move action, and I use my move action to move. 
you're going to move up to it, right? Wait, wait, oh, you're going wait, whoa, you're, whoa, you're, whoa, whoa, you're going the wrong way, Rusty. Oh, you wanted me to go for Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to do that next time. That was just a mistake. Oh, you bastard. You're, you're behind the corner. It can't see you when you're hiding back there. You know that, right? Ah, uh, I really didn't think. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm definitely going to be on top of it next time. And I mean... All right, I say gentleman and lady and robot. I got this. And mouse and lizard. All right, I'm going to do my thing. I'll try my trick attack thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, does Mo now believe that there's a second party behind the uh, robot? That's that's, that's the question. That's, that's going to succeed. <laughs> you just make it. That's actually plus four, so 27. You easily make it. 27, ah. you easily make it. I heard they may nerf the uh, this particular... Um, my particular skill in this because it's the only dex based one that you can do trick attacks with. Anyways, um, I attack. And it gets uh, flat footed, so I get a, a little plus for that. Nice. 15, you get a 19 total. You get two points of damage plus an extra. Hold on. Three. Nice. Three right, points. So whittle, whittling it away. It's like taking a little bit of damage. Like, chink, 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 All right, chink, and chink, I chink. move. And I move. Oh, boy. Hello. Right up in its face. Yes. Hello. <laughs> oh, you went right next to it. I got awesome. this. Oh boy, here we go. Um, torsa is up. Yeah, four torsa. Can I go? Yeah. I trust my allies. You're up. Mo is up. Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna move first. Move up to there and little light reaction uh, love. All right. Hey, look at that. Six points of damage. What kind and of damage does nice. that do? Why is That's he, kinetic. Why is he... Kinetic. Oh. Torso's like, I'm going to go to you, Mo and Tuttle and Cheddar, the triumphant. Yeah, he, knew, he needs a new, uh, he needs a new three. He fires his junk laser at the robot what? and misses with a four. Aww. Clara takes her aim with her trick attack. Ooh. Gets a 20. Oh, she totally made it. <laughs> so she easily makes it. There's a lot of people in front of her, though, so we'll see. She is going to take out her laser pistol. She's going to shoot, and even with two people in front of her, she still hits because she's that good. You like that sound? Three points of damage plus. Chisel, chisel. 1d8 for trick attack, 6 nice. points. Damn, the trick attack is insane. Pretty sweet. Todd Dahl. That's time to get in on all the attack fun. So, laser pistol it is. That's alright. I suppose I could have stepped out from behind the goblin, but I'm content for him to take hits for me. I like that cheddar move. Cheddar on the, cheddar on the other hand will move up. Yes. So. Yes. Use his junk cannon. Junk cannon activated. Junk cannon missing. Oh, he rolls us. Wait, does he really miss yeah. nine? Oh, okay. I really want to push the button, but I don't think we're there yet. Oh, push the button. Well, it's too late because it's the standard to do that. Why is the DM rolling a D4? Okay. So the security robot 
does another one of those scans and looks around and does something horrible. It takes this guarded step back and out of one of its arm is a cone of electricity jumps out and it only hits Hiroji. Hiroji's the only one in the cone of fire. Let's see if it hits. Fire or electricity? Electricity. Well, you're in the cone of you're in the fire zone, but it's electricity. Area of effect. Area of effect. Shock zone. So it hits you with a well, it rolls a nine, but it hits with a twenty because of the plus eleven to hit and does five points of electricity damage on you. And it says it's like and then you hear it say and it sounds like something is ready to go. Like a humming. Oh, now it's time. Rusty can charge forward now. Perfect timing. Yes, yes, I can. As a matter of fact, you're absolutely right. I move up to there and I shoot it. What? I don't see any damage on my character, though. Or is it? Oh, it's different because I'm not uh, actually damaged. You're it's currently just a, stamina points. Yeah, gotcha. stamina. Rusty runs up, whips out his whip pistol, rolls a three, and hits the ground. And my turn's over. Get in its face. Get in its face. Oh, my turn? Okay. Uh, I'm like, I got this. I told you. I'm going to attempt an acrobatics maneuver. And I'm going to tumble there. Okay. No, that's great. Uh, Aren't you guys engineers or something? Can't you, like, figure out what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. I, I can figure out something in a second. I'm just, hold on. Let me, uh, let, me, let me see if this works because it could have bad results. Um, what's the DC? It's like 15... Plus 1.5 times CR, something like that. You're trying to move through a threatened area. It's right. 15 plus one and a half times opponent CR. You don't know. Is it Probably still flat-footed? Be... No, that's over. Um, it's going to be pretty hard. All right, let's see. That's a pretty good roll. 25. 25. Wow. You manage to tumble right through, and it does nice. not get attack of opportunity. Nice. nice. I do like a, a flurry, uh, somersaulty thing. Um, and then as a swift action, I, I can uh, eject the uh, combat knife into my left hand and attack. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you hear Mo gasp in awe. <gasps> I think I could trick attack, too, right? I don't see no. any reason why not. Why not? No, because because it's a move action. It's a different thing. No, it's a move. That's a move. All I do is move. I move. No, it's my not speed. considered a move. It's considered a. It's not considered a move. It's considered a. I forgot what it's called. It's like an ability I it was action. A small action or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's something. It's something different. If you give me a sec, I can look it up. But it's not considered. All right. In the meantime, definitely I'll, double check. I'll double check. All right. In the meantime, I'm going to do a skill check on engineering to see if I can learn something about this. That's you free, know, it would right? also teach you something about him. Hitting yeah. it. Hitting it would teach you a lot. Yeah, I have a feeling my dagger ain't going to do much, but we'll try. Oh. No, it takes piercing. It takes piercing damage just fine. I like how you've slowed it and impaired its movement and have charged it. Yeah, that's how I do now. I don't care. Okay, so you rolled one for engineering. <laughs> right. Well, hey, it's free. Um, you know that it is a robot. Congratulations. Right. That's our Hiroji. Survival knife. Rolls a six for a ten. 
I'm SMS. Could you have rolled right through the creature? I could, but that's harder. It's like DC 20 oh, plus. Yeah, it's much harder. Got it. Um, all right. So Mo is going to. I'm going to go there. Um, is there a doorway where I'm standing? No. Right. Yeah. Is there a back to your wall? Well, I don't. It doesn't matter to Mo. Uh, I'm going to do the same old attack. Light reaction cannon. Got the target in my sense, and I'm hitting it with a 12 for a 16. Four damage. Do I see this thing taking, like, is it, can I tell how damaged it is as a non-engineer? No, but it's taking a lot of damage. It's, de- it's getting beat. It's getting beat down. It or look good. if you had been reading the notes that I've been giving, it's taken 32 hit points of damage. Oh, no. I, I, I've, I think I've blocked all your notes. So, okay. Uh, turnover. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. Torsa I is like, don't see I'm notes. going Where to take him down. D20 Pro Torsa. chat log. He moves up. First is Junk Laser. And misses with his four. Ah, curses. Spelled again. Clara decides she will trick attack. Rolls an 18 plus 17. So I think she makes it. Moves up to there. Still shooting through two people. She can do that and move? I thought oh, she yeah. Well, it's part of the yeah, move. Yeah. It's part of oh, the okay. move. It's a full oh. round action that includes you can move up to your movement. Got it. Oh, this is almost not fair. Nice. She kills it. Gloria ah, the kill. Yeah, I really she wanted that it. kill. She killed it. She didn't That's even have to put in her sneak attack. It explodes. Oh, yep. nice. is, is Mo close enough to the explosion that he well. can bask in the shower of debris? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Hiroji is. Yes, yeah. I get like a face full of oil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that wow. was probably the first actual decent combat you guys have had, I think, ever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was I mean, we actually won without taking massive amounts of unnecessary damage. Yeah, yeah. And missing over and over and over. And no one caught fire either, which is nice. Yeah, although we've been rolling nor, well. Nor so do we humiliate right. ourselves with grenades, so there's that too. We yeah. did throw a grenade, yeah. but it actually hit. It actually yeah, hit, no, and even though I'm not proficient in grenades, I love them. Yeah. What, uh, I'm going to check, well, hell, I'm, not, I'm no engineer. I'm passing this thing right by. What's this, uh, is this a doorway? What's this on the uh, far end of the hallway? Is there a mega health at the uh, end of this uh, hallway? Give me a perception check. Okie dokie. Secret door. That I can do. 11 perception. Ha <laughs> ha! What do I see? It appears to be a hatch of some sort that is closed. It's kind of integrated into the door. It's a little hard to see, but Hiroji easily sees it. Yeah, I relay that information to all the parties so they don't miss the hatch that's right at the end of the hallway. Uh, Want to take a quick look at this uh, the security robot? Sure. Uh, I'm guessing everything's sort of integrated on it. I don't know how that works, but I say Tuttle. Maybe there's something you can salvage. Well, it is alien technology, right? Except it talked to us in common. Yeah, that's right. It was alien, wasn't it? I'll do an engineering check on the remains, see if there's anything interesting I can suss out. And think of, actually, its memory, its hard drive. The black box. 26. 
Excellent. Oh my. Rolls a 14 for a 26. Sure enough, this thing appears to be some damaged security robot of some sort. You notice that this design clearly originates from beyond the pack worlds. It would probably fetch quite a price to a scholar or collector for several thousand credits. It has an integrated tactical arc emitter, which you saw. It also seemed to have on its other arm some sort of lightning cannon that was allowing lightning to jump from person to person randomly, which you also saw. It also seemed to have also a non-violent, almost stun mode, as it did seem to be security robot. However, you did not, of course, do any of that. You only got the lethal for you only got the nasty part of the we only, robot you got the business end of the robot yes, you got the business end other than that it appears to be ancient quite old and um, remarkably intact for its age whether it's hundreds or thousands or maybe even older you're not sure but it appears to be ancient and alien well definitely something that if we can ever get off this rock we should take with us uh, do you think you'd be able to download any of its memory? A hundred percent, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it works like that. It's um. But what if we use a Macintosh? Well, that's just what I was thinking. We could also <laughs> upload a virus and destroy the entire species. <laughs> yeah. You didn't mention we had a Macintosh. I say, Rusty, Rusty, perhaps you should leave the sciences to the uh, eggheads over here. Yeah, I mean, some of us have to work for a living, but you can read your books. That's fine. Yeah, basically. It appears like you have no idea what this thing really is. You are assessing just from its make and model and how it's set up. If you get it off here and give it to some scholar or expert, I'm sure they'll be able to decipher it. But how it works from a game point point of view, you have a computer's check and you either know you can do it. It's sort of like, you know, it's like if you had a USB drive and it's like, okay, is there a port? No. All right. I can't do it. You know, I resent, I resent the implication that I'm not a scholar. Okay. You can do it if you had some free time, but being in an airless environment in dim light on an alien asteroid, half damaged, with only a day's worth of air, it's probably not the best time to start yeah, I mean, this For out. me, it's money. It's credits, and we'll leave it at that. Well, it might be a good toy for uh, Total. I, I mean, I'm going to sell it, what, at one-tenth? Well, yeah. Um, Corsa, on the other hand, runs up to it and starts, like, looking I, at it and poking at it. He's like, ah, look at this. Oh, look at all these things. What does this do? What's this? And he's, like, starting to pull things out of it. Hey. He wants to, like, start taking, like, pieces out of it. No, that's Steve, ours. Steve, you were one second ahead of me. I was about to give the rest of the remains to the goblin. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's now, fine. Worth money. It's worth credits. You Did, did you miss that part? I did. We're going to keep it. I'm kidding. Yeah. Ah, oh, I mean, Taurus is like, oh, look at this. We can take these parts and put it on uh, Cheddar, make them Mark Four. Yes, yes, yes. I don't have the heart to take him away from it. I remember Christmas morning, so I'm going to let him, you know. All right, well, let's open this hatch. And yeah. See, um, he'll see something shiny in there, hopefully. Mo is just going to fail his wisdom uh, roll, and he's going to open the hatch. Okay. You try to open the hatch. It is locked and barricaded. What? Okay. Barricaded meaning something is obstructing it or locked as in locked. It appears to be... It's basically locked, right? It basically locks slash 
It looks like it kind of would open, except it looks like it is forcibly locked on the other side. So it looks like you might be able to hack it or break it down. Ooh, let's run a bypass. Yeah, I'm going to let more egghead stuff mode gets out of the way. Hudson, run a bypass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should Tuttle take a look at this. I could help you with this, probably. I will take a look at it. Is that computer's check, probably? That is engineering. I'm not going to assist, but... Mm, I probably should. You roll a five for a seventeen and completely fail. All right, hold on. Let me let me take a look. Hiroji rolls a one for a seven. Oh. I, th- I think you just saw like you hear a clink and it's like oh I think another door just went in place to make it more secure. Clara, that actually is a critical failure. Um, well you can keep going. Oh, they can keep trying. Again. Yeah, they can keep trying. There's no negative consequences. You can just either roll or just take a 10, 20, whatever you want. Uh, try, uh, yeah, how about take a 10? Actually, just for pride, I'm going to try again. There we go. There. That's Whoa. pride. Oh, or a 18. 30. He's like, it wasn't the blue wire. It was the green wire. And uh, Hiroji's like, I thought it was the yellow wire. And it was he cross-circuiting like, to be that helped. <laughs> just, just remember, I loosened it up. He, like, touches it and clicks it, and all of a sudden, the door opens, and you see, oh, the wonders you will see. Boss monster time. Get him, Tuttle! Chink! It opens up, and inside, you see a dead woman. Uh-oh. Aw. In a small 5 by 10 room. Hmm. Well, we're looking for the crew of the Akron. Well, the researchers that came over here. That's all you see. Could you describe her? Sure. You look at the woman. She appears to look just like the woman who was the drift dead, who was attacking you horribly. Although here she appears to be at peace. But it is unmistakable after looking at her for a little bit that it's the same woman who was trying to kill you as an undead ghost. It appears that she had some wounds that are visible on her body, but the cause of death appears to be quite obvious. A self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. So wait, this is the person who became like the drift ghost that was attacking us in the other room? That is correct. That makes sense. I've well, heard that so you... she thought she was going to die, so she killed herself, and that was so traumatic, I guess. That turned her into a ghost, maybe? I don't know who has lore. Who can? I've heard of such things. Well, who well, has religious? We need, to, religious we need to put her at peace, of course. Mysticism it is. Yeah. We'll need to I put her at we, peace. Right? We could wrap her up and give her a nautical uh, funeral. Hey, wait. Let, let Rusty talk. What are you saying, Bob? Uh, we need to put her at rest. I mean, for among many other reasons, we certainly don't want her coming back as a ghost. But also, we want her to go to her final repose. Yeah, if anyone has mysticism, you could actually do a check on this. I do. Huh? Hiroji. It's a 12 in mysticism. Yeah, you actually have heard of this. It's like when a human dies while in the drift, while consumed with strong negative emotion, they they can become a drift dead, which is like a restless undead spirit bound to that plane, unable to escape the confines of the drift and reach its final judgment. And, of course, once they do that, they're filled with insanity, rage, and hatred for the living. And they're also bound to the area of where they died, which all makes sense. 
Do I know if, like, disturbing the body will cause this thing to... Because it's still out there, isn't it? No. Uh, the You think you destroyed it. The Drift Dead oh, yeah, leaves its mortal remains behind and forms a new undead body out of uh, planar energies in the Drift. And the physical body is linked to the Drift. And if you take the physical body and put it at rest, it can't hurt, and it should be okay to check out. All right, so I will check it out. Okie dokie. I go in there. You go in there. It raises and moves, <sighs> and oh no, you just like bumped it, and it like it shifted. <laughs> I try to I try to be respectful and not step on it. Yeah, you're like whoopsie. It doesn't stop me from going through its pockets, however. Oh, of course not. It's like I'm being respectful. Let me just see what's in this pocket and this pocket. Define respectful. Well, you find a few things. First of all, she's wearing an Esatex suit, Mark One. Appears to be fairly old, but still to be totally functioning. You also notice that she seems to have some gear on her, as well as a personal data pad. Do you wish to pull the gear out of her pockets? Yes. Well, well, it's time to start simplifying her life and prepare her for her final repose. These these things will weigh her down in the afterlife, and we need to remove them from her exactly. her mortal remains. It's perfectly respectful. It's a valuable service we're performing. Exactly. Yes, whatever makes you sleep at night. You find <laughs> you find something. You're not exactly sure what this is. You find a personal data pad, and you find a static arc pistol. So. You also find two spell amps. However, you don't know what they have in them. So, for the one small item, you need to give me an engineering check. And for the two spell amps, I guess that's mysticism. I don't know how you do magic. Spell amps are like scrolls or something? Spell amps are scrolls slash potions. It's actually one oh. of the same. Yeah, spell ampule. Um... Yes, so basically, a magic item, which is a spell ampule, or spell amp, you use mysticism, or, well, it's technology for engineering. So this is magic, so you'll need mysticism to figure out what it is. And there's two of them. So someone can do the small object that you're not exactly sure, because you haven't seen that before, and then the two spell amps. I can try uh, spell amps. I'm not very good at mysticism, but I know a little. I can try yeah, you guys are very weak in the magics. Ah, there we go. 18 for a 20. You easily know what both of these are. These are spell amps of lesser restoration. Really? Ah! Oh, that's so good. Except you can't restore me, can yes. you? Yes, you can. Really? You, yeah. Yep. If you drink it, it'll get you 1d4 ability points back. So one point back, then. Well, well, for you, for you yeah, for yes, yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> per, 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 per amp. Your um, how much strike damage have you taken? Oh, 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 a lot, a lot. He took all right, eight. All right, so eight I'm like, points. whoa, come over here. You might find this interesting. And I get over there, and I and I toss it to you. I said, don't drop it. Uh, do I have to make a dex? Let's see if I drop this. You're gonna want to drink. You're gonna want to drink that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Well, there's two of them. I'll drink the first one. They're both the same, right? Yeah. Is this something that I drink or somebody casts on? I just don't want to screw this it's thing up. It's a potion. You just okay. Drink it. They're called uh, spell amps. It's a combo of spells and scrolls. It's kind of like an all-in-one. 
All right, the first one here. I, let's go ahead. You drink it definitely, or can, can it, is it something you can? That's weird. We should read about it later. But yeah, hold on, let me look it up. I'll do, give me one sec. What, do we pour it over his head and then? I'm all guessing laugh a and point? serum is something is like a potion. A spell amp is probably more like a spell, spell amps are injectable magic. It's even yeah. crazier. You inject it. Wow. <laughs> Ready to use magic injections can be used once. Speaking of uh, injections, uh, how how is Rusty doing? It's been some time since he's been uh, nanited up with uh, that undead. Like, uh, I feel good. I feel I feel powerful. I can see things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. <laughs> oh, it's a six demon bag. All right. Oh yeah. I'm looking. I, I hear that, but I'm still looking at him. What What do I see? Does he look uh, a little gamey? A little. Wait. What do you mean? Isn't he in debt to someone too? Isn't he in debt? Has he incurred a debt? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, he has a little bit of debt. You guys are going to take. The um the med patch is out of his share. Right. The Eoxy and assembly. Um, sorry, wait, it's, um, sorry, what? Right, right. <laughs> That's correct. That, I for, no, I mean I didn't we're forget, a team, just... man. We're we're we're, yeah. we're all for one, one for all. I mean, that's all. It's also too much math for Mo, pretty much. Uh, you you said much more important than all this money. You said I don't look good. I I I don't understand. That's a problem. I should look great. Well, it's hard to tell in the vacuum of space, but you're yeah, not is, looking your back. Has he, does your character have damage on you, Rusty? Do you feel good? I, I, I feel great. I mean, you know, like I say. Like no loss of stats or anything like that? Nothing like that. I was very confused by your statement. Does, does yeah, I have I'm, a mirror? Did, can, I, can I look at myself in like some of your, your, your the screens of your, you know, or the, the face? You got a polished hallway windows. here. You got full, yeah, full, okay. uh, full body mirror there. Try some new clothes on. Cheddar, Cheddar has the full array of beauty supplies, actually. I'm going to check myself out for a while. I'm going to be about 10, 15 minutes looking at myself. So why don't you guys just do some All right, stuff? I'm going to um, let's. Okay, so you roll your uh, eject yourself with that. Well, I was going to make sure that Rusty doesn't need it because uh, does he look good? I mean, does he look like normal? No, you guys can give me perception checks on him. He hasn't really taken. He hasn't taken any damage, right? Roll of a stat. six, get a seven. Mo doesn't notice anything, so. And Hiroji could care less. Well, her, her, I look great. Tuttle, apparently. I mean, I rolled a one Tuttle. on my perception. I look fabulous. Tuttle knows exactly what's going on, and here's a twenty so, for a twenty-five. It's so crazy! I'm going to direct message uh, you, Jason, in Discord. Uh, all I see is a goddamn good-looking man in this mirror. It's great. I mean, rolling a one on you your perception look is great. marvelous. No, I've never looked better, honestly, is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, Mo, Mo can't tell the difference, you know. I'm going to spend some time just looking at myself. It's great. Well, mm, I'm going to use I'm one injection I... on me because, I mean, if you look yeah. marvelous, it's better to feel marvelous than to look marvelous. Okay, so I'm exactly. Gonna D4, here comes. Here comes the one. Oh, nice. It's oh, my God. God. Four. A four. Oh my God. You feel so good. Now you don't get your um you don't get the resolve points back, yeah, but you are yeah. now healed. Half of your blood okay, so. has been your strength has been restored. There's one more spare spell ampule there. Wait, how much yeah. how much uh, how much damage did you take? I take eight. eight. Oh my god, you take the other one. Take yeah. the other one. I'm right taking now. the other one Jesus. too. I'm emboldened. Here we go. 
and a three. three. I will take it. You only have one point of uh, strength damage, and if you rest, you get that back automatically. So right, good job. Rest as in twenty, uh, as in eight hours, or as in ten minutes. As, as in, in, you don't have you don't have the time in, to rest. Yeah, right? you only have twenty four hours worth of air in your spacesuits because it's wait a minute, wait a minute. It's wait one per minute. day per level, and your spacesuits right. are all level one. So twenty four okay. hours. That's it. Okay. So, oh, back to Tuttle. Tuttle, what did you discover? Um, uh, does patient co- does doctor patient confidentiality apply? Or? Oh, I don't. Not in space. No, not really. Not I'm not space. technically his doctor at this point. Um, I, I know nothing. So, Rusty, I don't know how to break this to you, but I think you may be a little bit undead now. I'm sorry. What? What? You might actually be partially undead. I don't know what you're talking about. Mo is backing away a little bit, getting his gun ready. <laughs> My comm system kind of cut out there. What did you say? Yeah, I heard you saying un something. I'm assuming you're saying unscathed. I don't know. What? Well, maybe we should address this later because we got we got to try well, to get the hell out it, of here. I mean, I, I obviously we need to get to like some sort of medical center and do a full medical workup. But I think when you took those the oxygen med packs, I don't think they healed you as much as replace the dead cells with undead cells oh so they halfway healed you kind of i mean it kind of i mean it 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 healed you in the way that undead people would consider you healed oh man well hold on wait a minute you're saying i don't look good that's one way of putting that's i'm not sure that's the main takeaway from this but that's at least one part of it is you're not looking very good that's a little politically incorrect. Okay, now I, we I have a problem. I think you might not then. be healed anymore. That's what he's saying. Well, no, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> okay, well, that's a problem too. But I mean, I'm sorry. It's like I, I, I look the same in the mirror to me. I don't understand what you're talking about. The Oxian planet is lovely this time of year. You'll enjoy it. Well, wow. I don't know that there's much we can do about it now, but we're going to need to have you looked at when we get back to someplace safe. Okay. All right. You're okay. just going to want to take my word for it on this one. Does anyone have any eyeliner? I mean, they just brought with them. Or, I mean, <laughs> there's no eyeliner in space. Does he get any okay, new right, undead right. way, like Probably. any abilities? I don't think he's completely undead yet. I think he's sort of undead. Yeah, yeah. The undead, I'm not worried about. It's the fact there's a, there's a problem. Um, no, no. He looks fabulous. Okay. He great, just, great. you know, in fact, the darkened complexion and the slight gauntness almost add a mysticism to you. It makes you look um, almost exotic in a way. He's goth, hmm. goth rusty. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really need to. I'm gonna need a hand mirror, maybe a reflecting. Well, okay, we'll deal oh, with this later. But at the same goth. time, if my kind of a David Bowie thing going on, it's all right. You'll be fine. Yeah. Rocket man. Okay, <laughs> it's an Alice <laughs> Cooper thing, I think. There's some foundation. There's some makeup in the world. We can deal with this. I think there's plastic surgery as well. That's right. (laughs) That's fine. When we get back to base, I'm going to talk to some doctors. I understand. And we'll get this complexion problem, you know, fixed. You, You feel great. In fact, you feel so good. In fact, you almost feel almost inhumanly good. So, yeah, that's cool. More human than human. This can't possibly end badly. (laughs) Better. You go and fuck. Hey, undead are people too now, man. I reject. I reject that premise. I have no problem with the living forever part. That's cool. I'm Dude. just saying, if like I was ugly, that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. You got a robot goblin, 
a human who might be undead. Well, you guys are going pretty... You're, you're almost getting everything. All we need is the Vesk, and uh, you just need a Roji. You guys got to get some extra DNA in there, guys. I don't know what you're going to yeah. do. You got to graft some things. Hey, yeah. um, Goblin, right. I is there check... any way to graft the Vesk onto Cheddar? Hmm. He looks at you, and he's like, hmm? Do you have pieces you wish to donate, Mo? Please don't put ideas in his head. Yeah, Mo's okay. most tail is twitching in irritation. That means stay away. He looks at it, and he's like, he's like, ooh, the tail. Putting a tail on Cheddar, that would be amazing. He could then attack at range using a tail. Yes, yes. Mm, it would require quite a bit of extra uh, things. We need more bailing wire and lots and lots of duct tape. But I think we could do that. Mm, huh? Let me just let me just look at your tail. Do you mind, Mo? Yeah, well, the tail's moving fast now. He's going to get some Mozilla whoop-ass if he doesn't uh, back off. Mo's feeling pretty strong now. All right, I'm going to check out these other items. Um, what about this static arc pistol? What is that? Um, static arc pistol, it's nothing great. It's basically, it's actually what hit you. Uh, well, that's an arc emitter. A static arc pistol is, let me see. Probably a, like a electricity gun, right? Which I need another gun. I only have that crappy laser. So, uh, and my next question will be about the Aztec suit. If it's a level one or a level two. Here's the problem. Level one. The problem with an okay. static arc pistol is it only stuns. It hits in an arc, and it does. Oh no, actually, sorry, it's not true. It does one d six electrical damage, and it can stun. That's not bad. Stuns. So it's a static arc pistol, level two. It's worth 750, does 1d6 electrical, 50 range, and it actually could um, hit was the critical arc too, so it actually can hit more than one person. So Nice. Um, that would be a nice upgrade for me. That is an upgrade for you guys. It's light, and it uses two shots per round. All right, All right I'm putting I'll, a bid in on it. I will toss that to Rusty. Say, knock Thank yourself you. out. Enjoy. Just don't hit me with it. Level two arc pistol. Got it. I think that's our first level two item. Nice. Yes. Actually, the empty arc pistol was in the on the floor in next to her outstretched hand. So you actually have the suicide weapon in your hand. So congratulations, Rusty. Wow. All right. Lucky well, weapon. That makes me sad. And I'm honoring her by putting it to good use. How, how sucky would it be if she actually used that to kill herself and she just stunned herself? Maybe that's how she actually died. It's a setting. You can turn to stun on it. All. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Oh. I thought that was a crit thing. It's a move action to turn on stun mode or move uh, to, to put it back and forth. It's actually pretty good if you ever want to capture someone. Yeah. How many charges left, if you don't mind? Um, completely empty. Oh, well, I thought, how about the one the robot Put a battery had? in it. Yeah, let's. I put it's a battery incredible. in it. Okay, now it's fully charged. Thank there you. you. Go. There you go. <laughs> you load it. Do you need it's help been, loading been, the gun? <laughs> it's quite old, so you're like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like ah, it's out by now. So Mo's ready to move on. Oh, there's more. Wait, hold on. There's uh, oh, really there's the ampules. There's the suit. Oh, um, there's the personal pad. Let's read the personal pad. I guess right. Oh, that's right. So yeah, you managed to find. Uh, well, you also found the weird technology thing you didn't identify. Oh, oh yeah. Engineers need to do that. Weird technology, you say? Mouse. It's, is it in the shape of cheese? It's in the shape of something I might not He rolls recognize. an 8 for a 20. <laughs> now you easily know what it is. Oh. It is 
A brown force field with the battery depleted. A force field basically, it does a whole bunch of things, but basically you can activate or deactivate armor's force field as a standard action. And once activated, it generates an invisible force field around you, including all your items and everything you're wearing. And it gives you temporary hit points and all damage to you is actually taken off the force field first. And it also, um, the force field's temporary hit points reduce to zero. It's inactive until the end of the next turn. And then it starts to, it starts to heal itself every round. I'm guessing brown. Brown is the crappiest, and it has one hit point <laughs> that it gives you, and it fast heals one hit point a turn. However, Still, you do know though. that there's others, like purple, black, white, gray, and so forth, that go all the way up to 50 hit points and 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 do a fast heal of 10 hit points per round. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's pretty good. This one's a one, and the battery's totally depleted. Mo is going to search for one of those purple uh, force fields. Yeah. This is something that you have to put into your armor. It's an armor upgrade. Right. Oh, it's an upgrade. And it takes two slots. And what level upgrade is it? Level three. Oh. Okay. That's for later. And even I mean, more powerful ones can even take away uh, crits even better. They like give you a percentage of crits missing. In fact, Prismatic is a 100% chance that you never get critted. Yeah, but what's that cost? It's level insane. So, yeah, it's the highest level one. I think it's like level 20 or something. So, yeah, it's very expensive. Uh, as far as the armor for all of us with second skin, uh, the her armor is no better. In fact, it's a little worse in some ways. But that type of armor has two upgrade slots, which is it twice does. as many as anything else. Do we have any upgrades with us to make it worthwhile? Well, this force field is an upgrade, yes. There you go. Then that's a that thing. That takes two slots. Perfect. But we can't try it on. And I added the USB charging port to mine or whatever. Yeah, I I, yeah. I would definitely wear that armor with the force field, but um, you know, someone else might want that. I mean, I, I would definitely oh, switch over. So you find her data pad and... You can do a computer's check to very easily hack the unsecured data pad if you want. You have to give it a battery, though, because it's totally dead. So I presume you guys have extra batteries and you want to charge it up. You have a lot of batteries. All right, so you throw a battery in, and I don't even need to have you roll. I presume Tuttle will just like do his magic and just get it working. Okay with that. And finally, you find a message, and I will give it to you here. There, you can watch it there. A video! My name is Morka Nash, and I'm the captain of the Sunrise Maiden. If you see this, to anybody who finds this, I'm probably already dead. I've discovered uh, this strange asteroid in the drift and decided to investigate. I landed through the already open ports and started exploring the chambers inside. Not for long I was attacked by a terrifying creature. It walks through the walls and when it attacks it seems to drain me somehow. I can't get away from it and it won't let me leave. I've been able to modify my force field to repel the creature but I know that my power source will eventually run out. I think... I think I've come to terms with it. <laughs> 
unless help comes in the next few days, I won't survive. But I've seen strange worlds. I've seen wondrous things, strange things that I've never even dreamed of as a child. So I guess everything comes to an end eventually. I've always been the master of my own fate and I'm not going to change now. So when my force field comes down, I'll fight. And I'm leaving my last charge for myself. My life. My death. This is my last will and testament. To whoever finds this recording, I leave the Sunrise Maiden to you. She's a good ship. And no matter where I've gone, she's always brought me home. Until now. If you treat her right, she will do the same for you. Leave my body where you find it. We all came from the stars, and to the stars I return. But the Sunrise Maiden deserves to keep on flying. Thank you. Nice. Wow, that was sad. Mo is crying right now. He's bawling like a big baby. That's very, that is very sad. Rusty is kind of touched by that. That's very sad. That is really sad. That is so sad. I don't know what the Sunrise Maiden is, though. Yeah, that moment's passed. Let's talk about the ship. <laughs> God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was actually saying that as a joke. Uh, it actually is very sad. That's actually a nice little uh, um, clip scene, cutscene. That's is that that came with the module? No, someone made that. Wow, that's awesome. That's really quality. Thanks for the ask. That was that was good. Good job, whoever did that. All right, so you can do a culture check to try to recognize what the Sunrise Maiden is. Ooh. Okay. Sunrise Maiden isn't that her ship? Yeah, it is a ship. Presumably, is somewhere on this rock. Oh, it's a dreadnought class star destroyer. I think that's great. You might be able to remember what it is or recall something of that name. Okay, let me do that. Come on, Dreadnought class. Uh, hold on. The crew of 200. What is it? It's a... What's what trying to check? Culture. I'm cultured. 17. You remember it. You like, oh, yeah, I remember that name. It was a name of a starship that was reported lost in the drift in 242 AG. That was 75 years ago. Oh, there goes our salvage rights. Yeah. No, no, those no, are no. our salvage rights. We need to keep this recorder. This is our... Uh... No. Actually, you know that this recording and her being dead wills it to you. That if yeah. you find the yes, ship, it does. it's yours. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So don't lose the recorder. That's awesome. So, technology guy, don't lose the recorder. Yeah. So, Hiroji... I'll actually... hold on to the pad. Yeah. Hiroji... It's a roachy ship, actually. I actually have some funny. I actually have some uh, funny cat videos I want to put on here. Actually, I think it's Tuttle's ship. All of a sudden, well, who found it? Literally, the person who found it. Actually, that would literally actually be me. Yeah, that would Hiroji. be. If you go the by the letter of the law, not the, well. The spirit of the law, in many ways, is more important than the letter of the law. For you might want to be careful because the society might say it's their ship. But let's just play nice with each let's, other let's try to not let's try to get off this rock um yeah. what else is on here you got the suit the uh the personal pad you, the have, static this, you have this amps. you have the suit the force field 
the personal data pad, the static art pistol, and you used up the spell amps. All right, so, you so, find we, on so we take that wall and then leave her where she is, because that's what her wishes were. Uh, how can we respectfully put her at rest? No, she was hurt. Remember, <laughs> I understand she has to be left there. Is there anything we can do to help put her at rest? Because she is also turned into a ghost. Taking her ship. That's her last will. Does anybody have knowledge mysticism and can maybe look up a way we can help pass her to the other side? I, I will I, I'll interrupt because you actually did that already. And Hiroji will say, do what her last wishes were, which was someone to take her ship and use it. Okay, great. So, yes, uh, John, I think you did just say that as well, so that's fine. So do you now believe I have mysticism? I now believe you are wise in many ways that I had not realized <laughs> earlier. Well, wisdom and intelligence are two different. Let, let's not yeah. get into that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right, let's I say we go to the east. Yeah. Um, are, who's taking the... Uh, oh, we can't put on the force field, actually. Unless we close that door, that might be an airtight hatch. You might be able to change. Is it? Was there air in there? I mean, it's probably long gone, 75 years ago. Well, still, I mean, it's not like it's... It's long gone. Oh, okay. No, no, no. You don't need air. You just can't... Like, the, it, it'll be... Well, I guess it'll be you a vacuum in there. You, yeah. you, a vacuum is a vacuum. Yeah. Whether it's like being underwater, but closing the door doesn't make the water disappear. So you got to actually literally pump air into the vacuum. Yeah. All right. Well, that's right. that's Vesk technology trying to work for you. I guess we'll leave the robots junk wreckage there for now. You don't yeah, want to put can... it onto the ship. Well, we don't <laughs> really have a here, ship, do we? <laughs> I know. Someone I'm joking. Sorry, I wasn't sure. I'm really not happy about that either, to be honest. What was the name of the ship that's parked next to the this uh, the Acreon asteroid? The Acheron. Yeah. Okay, the Acheron. Just making sure. And if we play our cards right, we might end up with three ships here: the Acheron, the her ship, and yeah, the ship I think the hippocampus well, armada. We're not yeah. quite sure about where that went, but yeah, we can build a fleet. I'll have to be an admiral if we have a fleet. You guys get get to be captains. So it looks like the boys are nearing the end of this adventure. They only have a little bit left of the asteroid. It looks like there's a ship somewhere in this asteroid for them to find. And God knows what else. One thing I wanted to note is that video that was played was actually created by a fan. And I found it on YouTube. So shout out to whoever made that video because they did a fantastic job. You could actually find it on the Paizo forums. There's a whole topic on it. And it's it's really well done, and I even liked having the like the little accent in there, so it sounds a little bit otherworldly. So good, good job, whoever did that. So this week's GMPC tip is about play styles. I was actually watching Thirsty play on Discord the other day, and he was talking to his players, and one of the first things he asked them was, "What type of play style did you really want to experience in this game that he's going to run for them?" And it made me think about that because people have been writing us and saying that our game is extremely tactical and that they really like that because a lot of podcasts really just don't go to this level of tactics. They're more story driven. And I realized that that's actually, you know, very important to realize both for the GM and the PCs 
is when you're playing is what type of game you want. And at the very beginning, especially if you're playing with people who are new, you should really find out what type of experience you want. And as a PC, you should know what type of game you enjoy so that you don't waste your time because this is a collaborative experience. Now, you might have to make some concessions because obviously you have to play with other people and it's hard to find a group of people who all like to play exactly the same way. I am lucky that I found a group and we all like to play exactly the same way. So there's really not too much arguments over that. You know, I've been in other groups where rules minutia, people just roll their eyes and fall asleep. But these guys, we can spend hours and hours and days just talking about light management if we wanted to. They just really get into it. Well, maybe not Jason. Jason can get a little bored with it, but he still sees the importance of it. So with that, let's go through some of the different play styles. So the first one is there's heavy story narration with kind of a loose mechanics. That seems to be the most popular style right now. A lot of 5e was based on that, and that's actually one of the main reasons that 5e, 5e is 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons, has become so popular. It's that the rules are very light, and that you almost need to not even use them if you don't want. I mean, you you know, you can use them, but they're not anything compared to what 1st or 2nd or even 3rd edition was like, or even 4th edition for that matter, that they sort of went a totally different way. They went to a very rules-light, story-driven atmosphere, and a lot of podcasts, I've listened to some where the rules are almost an afterthought. Now, that's not my cup of tea, because there's plenty of story podcasts out there. And in my opinion, if you're going to play a game, you might as well make sure the game is part of the actual story, as opposed to the other way around. But again, that's just me. Some people enjoy having the you know Forgotten Realms or whatever role-playing world you're in as the backdrop. So that's sort of one way to play. And again, not my cup of tea. A lot of people enjoy that, especially if you're starting out and you don't want to jump heavy into the rules that you kind of do a narration story type. There's another version of this, sort of a subversion, which is almost a movie thematic version where the GM almost describes the scenes in a movie setting. And I've even heard them talk about camera angles of like cameras swooping in and, you know, jumping into different areas of action or into what the PCs are doing in their home and so forth. Again, not really my cup of tea. The big issue I have with this is that sometimes it turns into the GM narrating for 90% of the time and the PC only reacting to what the GM says. Now, again, some people really like this. They sort of like to picture in their mind's eye what's going on with the GM almost acting like the narrator slash director of the adventure. I kind of hate it. And if I did that with my characters, they would kill me. Seriously. They would actually kill the GM because no way am I telling them what they will do. But, you know, some people enjoy that. And I'm not going to say it's, you know, I know for me, I know what I like. And I know that if I was playing in a game like that, I would not want to play for very long and I'd be bored. And again, it's very important for you to know what you like so that you join the right game and you play the way you want to play. I'd say the next version is sort of a mix, sort of tactics and story. And I'd say a lot of people kind of fall in that genre. And that's probably most of the people listening to this show, where they do like the tactics and they do like the combat. But, you know, you wave it every so often when you don't really need, you know, like if you just want the story to move along and people are kind of not making their roles, 
maybe you kind of just sort of fudge it a little and just make it so or come up with a way for it to work within the rule set and that's extremely popular and that's sort of like in my opinion it's kind of the best middle ground is that way you have a story the pcs are still in control of their characters but you know if you're not following the letter of the law that it's okay and as long as you can move the story along and everyone's having a good time because that's really the main point everyone has to have a good time and then finally the last one is the one that we play and that is very tactical heavy where the rules as written by the letter of the law and whatever happens happens now this i think really appeals to people who played the original dungeons and dragons which were incredibly rules heavy it was based on tactical combat. I mean, for God's sakes, the guys who originally came out with Dungeons & Dragons named their company TSR, which stands for Tactical Studies Rules. They have it right there in the name. It's as tactical as possible. And if you ever read any of the histories of Gary Gygax, he was all into rules, to the point that there's like 50 different types of swords. and. 70 different types of light armor and a hundred different types of mini armor and so forth the rules were god and king and the fantasy part of narration was almost secondary if you like pathfinder you probably also like tactics quite a bit because pathfinder is very rule centric starfinder is not quite as crazy as pathfinder but it definitely has a lot of rules if you listen to the show which obviously you are because you're listening to this you probably realize that we like tactics. We're very much into the tactics. We really enjoy it. And that's the way we like to play. We really have a fun time with it. To us, it's like an extended board game with a role-playing element. If you could probably guess, we also play a lot of board games. And we also play a lot of games like Risk and Risk 2210 and all these variations of Risk, which again are very tactical rules heavy. You can kind of see a theme here. That's the way we like to play. So this is the way we do play. And again, I sort of thought it might be fun to have a podcast and this type of method of play because you don't really hear it very often. So there you go. Those are the variations on the different ways you can play. There's, of course, a lot of variations within those that I came up with. Those are just kind of the main ones. But I would say before you play... As the PC, you should be aware of how you like to play, and as a GM, you should make sure that everyone who's playing with you understands that this is the way you want to play, and that you should GM. Now, one thing to keep in mind, if you're a GM and you, you like to do it tactically, but then you get, s not stuck, but you end up playing with a whole bunch of people who like heavy story narration, go with it. Like, do a you know, heavy story narration. You know, if you're not playing with these people for five years, and if you're only doing it for a few weeks or a few months, just give it a try. You might find something new. It gives you out of your comfort zone. You might like it. You might not. And then you realize never do it again. I myself, although I really like the tactics, I don't mind doing heavy story narration for a little bit. You know, for small chunks. I wouldn't do it for a adventure path. But it is fun to mix it up once in a while. So again, knowing yourself and knowing how you want to play will really make the game a lot of fun for everybody. And then everyone's going to get along, and then one person is going to be sitting there angry and breaking the game, which is where a lot of this GM angst and PC backlash comes from, is that they're not playing the way they want to play, and that everyone starts becoming disruptive and so forth. 
So once again, it's time for the $100 Amazon podcast giveaway, where we're going to be giving out a gift card to Amazon for 100 bucks. All you need to do is review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook, and then submit us your review. And that's it. You are entered. And the random winner is FreakJob003. So congratulations, FreakJob. You have won. Contact me here at RollForCombat.com and you too can get your $100 Amazon gift card. So once again, please everyone, follow us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on our Discord channel. Discord channels where we're having a fun time over there. You can see images. We talk spoilers. I put posts of everything that happens for each episode. So you can see all the maps, you can see all the creatures, you have any questions, you can always ask me and the other players what you what happened, what we think happened, what's going to happen, who's going to die, who's going to live, all that fun stuff. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. I keep saying that only because iTunes really helps out the podcast even more than others. So if you can, please do subscribe and put in a comment in iTunes. Other than that, hope you guys all have a good week, and I will talk to you later. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that you can't spell slaughter without laughter. <laughs>